Hughes Nation. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Outers Row Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Francis. And as promised, guys, this episode is going to be the Benny Williams evaluation of the recent film review that I was able to check out of him in action during this past high school season that he had completed earlier in the year. So, <clears throat> some of you guys might remember in past episodes when I talked about Benny Williams, I always referred to the first time that I checked him out back in, I think it was spring of last year. And uh, he had his moments, but I always viewed him more as a potential, a big potential down the line type of prospect and those kind of players is kind of a basically a coin flip because you're counting on the player maximizing the potential that you know you 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 think that they'll be able to develop over the next few years down the line so sometimes it works out to be the case where Player A, player B puts it all together and maximize that potential. And then there's the other side where um, it never works out. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it, example is Hakeem Warwick and Terrence Roberts, right? So Hakeem on one end was very raw. The best thing, his best attribute early on in Sy- at Syracuse was he was dunking the basketball like very athletic and could throw down uh, a a mean dunk but the skill level and everything like that wasn't there but the coaches did a hell of a job working with him and as we saw like real quickly his sophomore year the championship season the skill like he went from one to ten like just a snap of a finger it seemed you know what i mean like this dude was hitting uh face up jump shots and uh had moves it down low in the low posts and such it was like yo what, what who was this like where where all this come from and then you look on the other side with Terrence Roberts where it's like okay this is a high motor guy a guy that gives it 100% every time on the court but you know that skill the skill level um is not there yet but hopefully over time he'll be able to put it together and unfortunately it just seemed like he was the same player for all four years it's like he you know he hosts his ass off and gave great effort but um the the, the skill the skill set just never came along during this time at Syracuse so um you know so when you're weighing in pros and cons and such of of players when you watch them early on and you're gambling on the potential um it's 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 a coin flip you know what i mean so with benny williams last year it was all about potential and 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 what he could be down the line now after these games that i watch he's no longer just a prospect or a guy you you're saying okay like he's gonna tap hopefully he taps into that potential in like two three years or something like that Nah, that's that's through the roof he's a definite player now 
skill set has come along. Um, look, two games, guys. First game I saw, it it, it was a, a stat sheet stuffing performance. Uh, he has 16 points off of 7 or 12 shooting, uh, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 blocks, 1 steal, 1 turnover, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 0 of 3 from 3 point range. So, what I like about his point production was that he scored in a variety of ways. I mean, whether it was knocking down jump shots in the, on the perimeter, whether it was scoring um, down low, uh, a couple of times he hits uh, fadeaway um, jump shots, um, had a few drives going to the to the hoop where he had a nice uh, spin move and, and, and finish through the contact and such. And um, even handled the ball in transition a few times, setting up his teammates. So he looked real much more comfortable handling the rock than um, I remember from last year, where he was just basically um, a guy. Like as soon as he had he had the ball in his hands, he would just look to give it to a guard real quick. Like now, it's like he's not afraid to just get the rebound, push the ball down the court, and and hit one of his teammates for an easy bucket. Um, so the skill set is, is, is much more improved. I mean, there was times the team was facing a zone and he would be on, uh, up top of the key, um, and, and handling the, 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 the decision-making up top, as we know, that's the sweet spot in the zone where, you know, if you, you have, whether it's a, a, a wing, a big man, a tall guard, somebody up top of the, the, that, that free throw line that can make the quick decisions and such, that's the best way to beat his own, and he was able to make the right decision multiple times, finding cutters um, down low around the hoop, or or a wide open player um, at the the three point um, beyond the three point line and such. So, um, scoring, passing, much more improved defensively. Look, finished with a double double. So. Uh, did his job on the boards, rebounded his area well. Uh, the 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 block shots was something else. I mean, he had multiple blocks where it was the get that shit out of here variety. You know what I mean? Where it was just like whoa, like when he smack, it was like he was punching the basketball. Like you could just see that pop when he like <laughs> when he had a few blocks, and you can tell that down the line when he's at Syracuse. He's going to have a whole bunch of um, those weak side, those weak side blocks where uh, the, 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 the scorer down, the, the, the offensive player down low trying to pump fake a bunch of times on our big guy who's um, patrolling the, 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 the middle of the zone. And when the guy's like pump faking and you just get one of the wings on the weak side to just swat the shot that the offensive player doesn't see coming from behind. Benny Williams is going to make a living doing a lot of those because he has good timing on how to 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 uh, to set up for those block shots. So I think defensively um he he he's he's going to cause some problems for the opposing team. So all around I was I was very impressed um with his performance in that game. It was like I said, stat stat sheet stuffing performance uh 
over three from three point, but all of those were good shots. I mean, he he knocked down a few shots um deep on the perimeter. His form looks fine. So, uh, you know, I don't think he's gonna be a guy that's gonna hunt like a whole bunch of three point shots, but he should be respectable from there. So, you know, I think any anywhere if he could be anywhere between that thirty thirty five percent, uh, you know, we'll 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 sign up for that for a wing. Um, but I do I do think he he has potential to be a much more consistent um three point shooter but not in the high volume variety. Like I think Woody Newton is the other wing who I think is gonna make a living shooting a high volume of three point shots. But Benny, um I think his game is gonna be more mid range and close close around the hoop with um occasionally uh, knocking down um, a few three-point shots here and there when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, so that 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 was the first game. The second game, uh, he uh, all right. He didn't go off as he did the first one. Like the second game, I had him for four points, two or five shooting, seven rebounds, two assists, one block, three turnovers. 0 for 2 from three-point range. So this game, it was a low-scoring affair. So it wasn't like it was some kind of shoot. It was a shootout where guys are just going up and down the floor and scoring like crazy. Like this wasn't this wasn't that type of game. Um, I I think like the final was 52 to 47 or something like that. Um, the problem here was that Benny doesn't play with like a a pure point guard that sets their their teammates up like the guards on his team um they're more combo score first kind of guys so when the game it, like his team was down by double digits um for the most part in the second half and they closed the gap cut it down to one a one possession game towards the end but i think once they got down like the guards they it, they weren't trying to like set up anybody so like when Benny would have the ball he would pass it and it's like one pass and the guard would have it one of the guards would have it and then just shoot a shot or just take it to the rack and such and um you know Benny was kind of I don't want to say passive I just think he was playing the right way like he wasn't forcing it and that's you know, you could look at that obviously as a positive because you you know I don't want to watch a guy where it's like okay you know uh, I'm 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 lacking touches so as soon as I touch the ball I'm just gonna like jack up a contested three or try to drive to the hole with like two guys collapsing on me and then catch a charge like nah like if if the opportunity isn't there then don't force it so you know I, I kind of took that out of it instead of just looking at it like oh man he's he's kind of passive and he's not you know um being overly aggressive and such because like like I said the first game was so good and he was aggressive in that one but he was aggressive in the sense that he took advantage of the opportunities that was there and in this game um the opportunities weren't there so it wasn't like he was passing up he would get the ball and he would pass up wide open shots or anything like that the only thing i would say is right now like if there's a flaw is that even though he's a six eight six nine guy he's not physically strong so even when he'll like go down on a low block and he would have a smaller defender on him 
he's not like comfortable or or have like well-defined post moves where he can take advantage against smaller guys you know his like there was a few times he would get the ball in the low post and instead of like backing down the smaller defender and such he would like shoot a turnaround fadeaway which look he hit he he can hit those he hit a few of those in, in you know between the two games that i watch but that's not the high percentage play like if you have a guy you're 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 about six nine and you have a guy that's like six four on you shooting a turnaround fadeaway that's not a high percentage shot like you you're gonna have to like back that dude down and 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 get an easier opportunity to score at the rim worst case scenario you get fouled because in between the two games i only charted him going to the line twice in two games so um moving forward as he gets stronger and that should be the case with him going to img for his senior year where they have pretty much pro facilities out there you know i could see him putting on another 10 to 15 pounds of muscle over the next year and coming to syracuse much stronger and ready to be a much more physical player because if with his skill set with how he's able to score going to the rack knock down shots on the perimeter and and handle the ball and such um if he can add the physical strength and being able to match what he can do on the outside, on the inside, sky's the limit for this guy. Because the skill set is much more approved overall. And he has the touch. He has the feel. It's just the physical nature of things. It's like, you know, you're not just going to, especially in the ACC big time college basketball, you, you know, you're not just going to be at that size and float on the perimeter all the time like jb isn't gonna have his wings doing that you're gonna have to you know be much more physical but that's gonna take time that's gonna be something i'm sure our coaches are gonna help him develop especially you know uh mac um maxing out that that inside game to match with the outside game so i really like what i see i mean i think benny could come in contribute right away um what i'll take out of this is that for the next few years we're set syracuse is set at the wings because when you have uh with quincy and, and alan griffin and woody you know woody noon i told you guys look he had he, he he's another one that has to add the physical strength but he's a very good shooter and jimmy as they always say Bayham, he loves shooters so, you know, I'm curious to see how it all plays, how JB um, manages that rotation, because you're going to have four guys that can hoop at the on the wings. And, um, you know, uh, I just hope uh, the young guys are patient, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I hope uh, because Alan Griffin, I, I think it's going to be a two year guy and Quin- Quincy's looking like he could be a four year guy unless things dramatically improve with him so you know i I just hope uh the guys are just patient with benny woody like the the the, the young the young bucks um just wait they turn because uh there's gonna be a battle for that third wing spot and i and, and i just hope whoever loses out doesn't get discouraged and just is ready to pack their bags and leave 
because JB, it's going to be hard for JB to find quality time for four wings. You know what I mean? Like it's always three of of the of the wings and the guards that um, JB likes to settle on. And then like one and a half big man. Like you have the, the big man that he likes to go through uh, and, and have out there for the majority of the game. And then like a backup that comes and just plays like a, a few minutes and such. But, you know, it's usually three main wings, three main guards. But as we uh, as we've seen over the last few years, sometimes it doesn't really work out like that. A lot of times it's just two main guards, two main wings your big man, and maybe, you know, somebody else. But when talking wings, we're set with those four. I think I think uh, um, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine for the next few years. So um, can't wait to see how it all works out for Benny Williams and, um, you know, his future. Lots of potential there. Uh, the IMG situation is very good. I think he's... he's gonna get get an opportunity to work work in that weight room get much stronger come in a much more physically mature player once he stepped foot at Syracuse and hopefully they're able to play some games because it's you know who knows what's gonna happen like well what kind of season it's gonna be but um regardless if he's not able to play any games he can you know at least uh put in some quality work to help improve his game and his his strength and such at a spot like IMG. So that's the story there with uh, Benny Wills. So guys, the last time I was on, I was asking, uh, you know, uh, some feedback of what you guys thought when it comes to the coaching situation um, about you know what's 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 some of what's some of the names outside of the Q's family, and the usual suspects like you know the Nate Oates and you know pulling hop from Washington and such like and stuff like that. What are some of the other names outside of the Q's family um, that you guys would be intrigued by as uh, the successor of uh, Jim Beheim whenever he's ready to ride off to the sunset so there was a bunch of names um thrown out there but the one the common one that you know i saw mostly was chris beard from texas tech and um hey like that that would be a a home run a home run if uh a wild hack was able to pull that off but you know uh unfortunately we don't live in a dream. We're dealing with reality. And Beard, he's going to have whenever whenever opportunity presents itself with one of, you know, not only like a blue blood program, but just like a program with deep pockets. Somebody's going to, you know, pull them, you know, bigger program is going to pull them away from Texas Tech at some point. And obviously, like, you know, Syracuse isn't like a. Florida or Kentucky or, or Arizona or, uh, you know, Kansas that just have money on top of money on top of money with the boosters and such that can, you know, get a coach like that. Because I'm I'm curious to see if 
when 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 these teams that were caught up in the FBI situation and such, when when they when or if they get hammered, if something happens with those coaches, like if Kansas, you know, um, Bill Self, he's denying everything and such. But let's say sanctions do come down and Kansas is Kansas gets hammered and um and 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 there's stuff about Self in the write up about you know what they found and this and that that's not too pleasant (laughs) and kansas decides hey you know we got to make a move or something or arizona you know if they find out like hey sean miller he's been lying this whole time and they you know he he, he's no longer the coach obviously beard this would be up at the top of the list and they would just have they would just be like write a blank check write a blank check and they'll be able to you know or if like calipari ever decides you know what i want to i want to give this nba situation a try again you know and he he uses the nba um his second opportunity in nba as like a retirement job like he's getting up there in age and he's like man i'm tired of kissing these teenagers asses and such let me just go to the nba for a few years if it work out it work out if it doesn't well doesn't matter i'm probably go you know i'm close to retiring anyway so um you know and if he's going like kentucky has a blank check for beard so but you know if we had a coach like that i mean syracuse would be set for a long time because that man when it comes to x's and o's he's right up there you know what i mean like uh he's one of one of one of the one of the top guys out there just as a basketball mind because it's not like this guy has five-star talent or top 50 talent or even top 100 talent throughout his roster a lot of it is three-star guys um you know got lunch pail lunch pail type of recruits that um seem to seem to overachieve since he's been there so uh you know imagine him having five stars and top 50 recruits on this roster i mean geez <laughs> that would be crazy so um yeah beard beard was a popular popular choice by you guys that um you know have responded responded to to, to that question about um what coach you would who what coach outside the q's family that <clears throat> that you would be intrigued by. But uh I'm interested to see how Wild Hack approached things down the line because um I think it was you Paul where you said, look, like, you know, is this this guy gonna do a a real national search and find the most qualified person or is he gonna be approaching it from a Q's fanboy perspective and just you know, listen to, all right, we know JB is going to recommend Red since Red is like second in command right now. And he's going to be like, hey, you don't have to do a national search. Like we just hand the keys over to Red. You know, if Hop Hop's doing his thing in Washington, he seems happy. So let Hop stay over there. He's closer to his, his, his parents and such. His family is settled. Hey, keep it in the Q's family. Like we know JB is gonna do that. <laughs> so the question is, is is Wild Hack gonna do his due diligence? And look, there's there's a part look, I think um 
what Hack will do is due diligence and make some phone calls. But um, I think one of the issues, uh, and we won't know the answer to this until like another year or two because of the current climate. But with this whole pandemic situation and the uncertainty of if we're even going to have a full season or it's going to be, you know, not like basically it seems like everybody's going to do um, just in conference games. Like it's just going to be conference games only and such and then try to um, work something out with the tournament and do like a bubble situation or something when, you know, you have when you're not dealing with 300 plus teams and different conferences around the country like once you get to you know that 64 team or whatever you can try to create your regional bubbles and such and do it like that but like getting through the non-conference because you know if you're doing conference not the not excuse me if you're doing conference only you know a lot of these conferences are playing anywhere between 16 to 20 games so it's like how do you work all of that out and you know if there's no fans and such then the revenue 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 everything is going to be messed up athletic departments you know all the sport cancellations and such you know there's no football all the other fall fall sports is canceled and such they're trying to do things in the spring but who knows how all of that is going to work out so schools athletic departments all of that they're going to be losing money not gaining money so I just wonder with the finances being shaky and especially like a program like Syracuse where, you know, it's a private school. So it's it's not like you're Kentucky and like I said, Kentucky, Kansas, Arizona, Florida, like all these schools that have, you know, money on top of money and, you know, big time boosters and such. Um, Syracuse is different. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's a certain certain limit financially that they can you know reach to and when you look at let's throw a hop or Nate Oates right you're dealing with guys that have millions of dollars on their buyouts that like if you try to get them within the next couple years since they're they're recently new at their jobs like the buyout numbers are still gonna be high so if you try to get hop in a couple years like let's say JB decides all right buddy senior year 2022 that's his last year um you try to get hop when I looked it up I think hop's uh buyout is at like three million I want to say so if you give hop and hop is making three million I believe at Washington and who knows if that's gonna go up in the next couple of years if like if we have a season another season or two and Washington does well when he gets a raise you know all, all, all those numbers can you know change and everything increases and it kind of you know at that point it might uh be out of Syracuse price range over the budget that Wildhack is working with to get hop um to come back east and then they oats it's like you know he he's he's only one year in so obviously when you're a new coach the buyout is extremely high and i think um when i looked it up if he if 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 Syracuse wanted him in a couple years in 2022 i think his buyout would be 
around four million, I think, four or five million. So, and he's making that. I think at this point he's making around two point five. But obviously, Bama can match anything. And if he does well moving forward, I'm sure he's gonna be making more than two point five. Um, couple years down down the line, and whatever offer Syracuse can come up with, Bama can match and exceed exceed those numbers. So when Syracuse, you're talking about coaching salary, paying them more than what they're making currently. And then a buyout on top of that. And then I'm just, I just don't know if the funds is going to be there um, for Wild Hack to have an attractive offer to get those guys to come. Unless they're like on the hot seat, like a guy like Hop, maybe, you know, like this, this past season wasn't too great for him. So if he has like another year, that's kind of shaky. Or let's say he has a, a good season um, that comes up. But the following year is not so great, and Washington fans are like, oh, we don't know about this guy. And then, you know, maybe we are able to work something out, and he comes back east. But then again, it's like, if Hop can't make it work out there, like, why would, you know, and I love Hop, but it's like, if Hop can't make it work out there and it's not going too well, not sure um, I'll be, or, 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 or a bunch of the fans the fan base will be too excited to you know have hop come back it's like nah stay where you at stay where you at try to make it work over there (laughs) but um you know i think those are some of the 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 issues that you know fans are gonna have to look at and 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 keep on the back of their minds moving forward of how that's gonna play out because it's it's easier and financially makes sense for wahak when talking on a budget and especially, you know, he's going to be co-signed by JB to be the next guy in line. But, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of fans out there who are going to say, look, man, like, you know, is Red really, you know, the best choice if there's other options out there? Like, you know, because my thing is this with Fred is that recruiting think will be fine. Like, he's still gonna be able to get players and the staff is still gonna be the same with uh you know gmac will be around and griff will be there what i would love to see him do is add like a older older coach since he's uh uh um the staff is pretty pretty young like i think everybody's like under like gmac's under 40 griffin is in i think like his early 40s and 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 red i think is um is red even like Fifth, I don't even think Red. I think Red is under fifty. So, um, it would be a young staff. So I would like to see him bring, um, like a, a an older coach, like a, a guy that probably coached back then, back in the days, and you know can can uh uh you know help um Red out and such because when you take over a program, it, it's 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 not even just what happened what happens on game day it's it's a lot of stuff is managing the egos of of teenagers and young men in their early 20s it's it's dealing with the 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 psycho parents who are upset that their 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 kid isn't getting the playing time that you promised them uh you got the 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 prep school au coaches that want to tell you how to run your program and all kind of stuff the 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 behind the scenes drama you know it's it's a lot of it is just managing you know it's 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 half of it is on the court the other half is off the court and you know what's what's helped jb last this long especially over the last 20 years 20 plus years was that 
he's had a good staff of guys that can manage. Like, his thing is game day. You know what I mean? Like, JB's thing has been game day. The other half, he had Hob, he had Red, he had Troy Reaver for a bit, you know, Bernie Fine. He had a bunch of guys that, um, Rob Murphy, like, guys that deal with the off the court, behind the scenes stuff. And, um, you know, and, and, and let JB handle the basketball side of things. With Fred, it's like now both sides of the field, it's on him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, you have the G-Max and the Griffs and all that. But, like, I think he's going to need an OG. He's going to need an OG with him to help him out if he's the guy. Because if you, if it's just a bunch of young dudes, um, you know, you bring another guy to the staff that's like, you know, under 50 and never really, um, you know, was a head coach anywhere before and such. I'm afraid it could be like a Kevin Ollie situation because it's it's like, uh, sure, it might start off well, get those recruits in, people are excited. But a lot of times I notice when assistants become head coaches, when things start to go south, they never tend to regain it. So it's like with Red, like I could see like, okay, Red gets the gig first year or two. Hey, everything is fine. We go to the tournament. He's recruiting well. And then it's like if you have that like that third season is an NIT year or something, or we barely finish at five hundred and we don't there's no we don't play in the postseason. It's like how did like does he rebound from that and everything stays set steady? Or is it just a Titanic where it just keeps going south? And then everybody starts having their doubts saying, you see, this is why, <laughs> you know, uh, we shouldn't have gone this route with Red. And, you know, we should have pony up the dough and try to get somebody from elsewhere or something. And plus, look at look at the football aspect as well, because Wildhack didn't hire Babers. And when you look at it, it's what, one winning season? So if Babers has another bad season or two, Wildhag is going to think like, hey, I got to make a move. So, you know, the budget, the pandemic, athletic departments are going to be hurting. So I don't know what the budget is going to look like because, you know, you're not going to have money laying around to get a, a big a, a big time up and coming you know, whether it's a guy, a big time up and coming football coach and a big time up and coming basketball coach. Like the budget is it, not, you know, or or, or, or or plucking somebody from another situation, I should say, like not even like, say, a guy on the come up from like a, a mid-tier, mid-tier program or something like that. Like even if it's a guy who's um, steady somewhere else, but looking to move, it's like. I don't know how the finance is going to work um, during the current climate and, 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 and after that. Like, we, we don't know. We don't know what the number's going to look like. So that's why I'm just kind of like just having you guys prepare prepared <laughs> that, uh, you know, if the, the, the coaching search isn't as, like, exciting as you think where you know the ending is basically inevitable where it's like okay i knew this was gonna happen if 
<laughs> you know, when Red's named the coach. So, like, that's that's my thinking. You know, I think uh, Wild Hack will do his due diligence and make calls to numerous people. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Red. But we won't know what's up until a couple years down the line because, you know, I think uh, JB, you know, I do think 2022 that's when he'll probably call it when buddy's gone but you know i could see jb saying f it i still feel good what the hell i'm gonna do home you know i don't want to sit home all day and i don't know if it's gonna be safe to go down to florida and out in boca and play golf with his 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 guy gary williams you know he might be like look i I i'm not trying to do that full time yet so he'll stick around for another year or so. I mean, I I don't know. Like JJB calls his own shots, so nobody nobody's gonna call it for him, unless like a doctor says, you know what, it's not good for your health to be, you know, traveling and doing all this stuff. I mean, that's the only th- that's the only thing that could really <laughs> stop JB at this point is just anything health related. Um. So yeah, guys, that's that. Um, next part, I'm just going to open up the mailbag, just have you guys, this is going to be about you guys, comments, questions, how you feel about everything that's going on, you know, are we going to have a season, if it's just ACC ball, uh, what you think, what's, what's the expectations, because, um, you know, if, if it's, if there's no non-conference and you're getting right into the ACC season um, to start things off, then, you know, the rotation, JB, <laughs> JB we told about JB having a tight rotation. I mean, it's going to be tight from the get-go because he, he he's, you, we already know how it's going to look. It's going to be, we know the guard situation. The wings, you know, if Alan Griffin gets his waiver, which, you know, I think he will, you know, he'll start on one end. Marek will be on the other. Yeah, Brahma. Everything else after that, I think Quincy will be, you know, your main sixth guy or your first guy off um, off the bench. Everything after that is a huge question mark. And he doesn't, JB doesn't have the non-conference games, specifically like the cupcake games where you can like throw out a freshman or so and have them have them go out there have some success and 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 have their confidence boosted that's not going to happen here cuz that that you know the first game who knows you know ACC could be first games against Duke or Virginia or North Carolina you know like the first 5 games could just be rough you know you just like you start off against Duke then it's you know, a Northern Dame, then it's a North Carolina, then it's a, a Miami, and then after that, it's UVA. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, JB isn't going to be trying to fishing, fishing, fishing around to find the proper rotation with the seventh and eighth and ninth man. He's going to be like, hey, these are my main five, six guys. And then like if somebody, the seventh or eighth man steps up, cool. If not, like we're we're gonna we're we're just gonna play five starters, thirty plus minutes. Quincy's gonna play starter minutes and everything after that. 
who the hell knows so hey guys mailbag i'm gonna open it up um look for the post uh sometime either sunday or monday and then the next time around we'll get to that so you know whatever you guys want to chop it up about uh you know i'm it's a long ways away, man. I'm thirsty for some ball, like some college ball. NBA, you look know, love the NBA, and it's good to see Q's guys um, on teams, good teams that 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 um, you know, uh, are championship contenders or, or or at least teams that can advance far. With uh, you know, you got Melo doing his thing with the Blazers. As a good sidekick with Damian Lillard, who's been bonkers throughout the bubble, the bubble return. Uh, you got Jeremy Grant doing his thing with Denver. Um, Deion Waiters is back, back, uh, you know, back from the dead, <laughs> where his NBA career at one point looked like it was over or close to being over. Now he's back and he's 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 he's, he's had some success with the Lakers so far. It'll be it'll be something if the Lakers win and it's like we're 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 saying NBA champion Dion Waiters like who would have thought it who would have thought it man like that is crazy um you know uh, MCW with Orlando even though I think they're gonna have a quick exit in the first round hopefully MCW um returns back healthy because I know he got hurt. Um, early on but you know it's fun to see our cues guys out there doing their thing in the playoffs so yeah guys once again whatever you want to talk about mail mailbag will be open look for that post i'll return next week cues nation hope all you guys out there doing all right families loved ones everyone is safe secure doing good Much love to the next time. I'm out.